0: Hello and thank you for joining us today as we walk shoulder to shoulder, growing in
1: love of the Lord and each other. I'm Megan Silas and I'm Pam Marvin and we are overjoyed to be able to talk about a very needed and timely topic is a topic of spiritual warfare it always joke I always laugh
0: when you're like overjoyed to talk about something like this right because it's <laughs> but like I, am. <laughs> I know but in my mind it's not like this like woohoo I love it but it's no. one of those things that is important and so I think important. we're feeling the need for it more and more and more as right. it just seems like things are going crazy right
1: oh you can feel it like that's what I brought up the topic between Megan and myself is I like can't you just feel this discord that seems to be just All over our community, our country, the world, you can see it manifesting stronger in other places. But before we get into the the details of it, this is really the heart of what we're talking about, is from um, Ephesians 6.12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Yeah, so
0: there's two things I think that we really felt called to focus on here as it relates to this uh, really important passage from Scripture. And I think the first sentence is really primary. It's, we do not fight against flesh and blood. And this is the area that I think sometimes we can get a little off kilter where as Christians, we see a lot of times the evil that may be surrounding us or the disordered thinking or the disordered actions, and we respond to it negatively, right? Which is appropriate. That is proper discernment Mm. that something's not right. Something's not right. Right? But unfortunately, sometimes we forget it's not that child of God that's the problem. It's the evil one that's the problem. And we need to always remember that we don't fight against flesh and blood. We're fighting for flesh and blood. Mm, Amen to that, Megan. Oh, Say that one more time because that Mm -hmm. was so good. We do not fight against flesh and blood. We fight for For flesh and blood. So anytime that we let our discouragement or our disgust even for things that are happening in the world that are very clearly contrary to God's will, anytime we allow that to bring hatred in our heart for a child of God, for another person, we are cooperating with the enemy, not fighting the enemy. He wants us to have discord. He wants us to fight against each other. Right, because when we're busy fighting against each other, he's over there doing his thing, just laughing and having a heyday, accomplishing what he wants to accomplish in the world.
1: Right, because if we are divisive, if we have issue with our brother, so to speak, it is distracting us, from loving It is also hardening our hearts when we harbor ill against another person, whether it's a family member or someone in the news, um, all that kind of thing. That division, when you find yourself feeling and being that way, remember that is darkness at work and you are not winning that spiritual battle at the moment. But you know what? There's always hope. We can always turn that around to start winning more battles for Christ. Right.
0: So I think when we're talking in this episode about spiritual warfare, I think I would love to focus on how we can properly focus our energies on opposing the evil one and loving
1: the children of God. Okay, I'm ready. Teach me. School me there, Megan. <laughs> oh, school I'm not me, you. <laughs> school you. I, <laughs> I, mean, don't I mean, be that, I'm craving <laughs> it today. I'm like, okay. come on, tell All me. All right. Well, the
0: first thing that comes to mind I would say is this. We need to watch our speech. Mm. Amen. That is the thing that really comes to me because I gotta be honest, I'm speaking in the first person mea culpa spirit of when I go to confession, there are two things that I regularly am having to bring to confession and they are charitable, uncharitable thoughts and uncharitable speech. Yes. Those two things. Likewise. Now, uncharitable thoughts are bad enough, but, They're not in my mind as bad as uncharitable speech because the speech puts it out into the world and it causes others potentially to participate with my sin. That's right. And so... If we start with ourselves, as we always are called to do, right? You know, Jesus says, don't point out the speck in your brother's eye until you take the log out of your own, right? So if we're going to go into this, this ring of battle, we need to have clear vision about who we're fighting and how we need to fight. And I think our speech is this entryway into a lot of times not fighting in
1: the right way you know again, i want to add right there something that i think is so powerful to remember in i believe it was in in the chapter of john when the the, the lord spoke the earth and all of us into existence with words mm-hmm. words matter they're very important even though if you think they aren't, they're so important. Even, you know, like cursing the person that cuts you off in traffic, that matters. It matters so much.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is so true. There is power in the word. Jesus Christ is referred to as the The word. word. So (laughs) when we use words, we are in a place that has power. And we can use that power for good or we can use that power for evil, right? And so... I think as an example of what I'm trying to talk about when I say we often fall into using our words in a way that's inappropriate in this spiritual battle. I'd like people to just think about, you know, in the past, say, three months, say, for example, how many times have you vented anger and frustration about the circumstances that surround you? by speaking specifically about people. Mm. So maybe it's it's like, you know, say if you're somebody who's really into following the political stuff and you're like, Oh, I can't stand those put in your political people that you can't stand. Right. You know, they don't know anything. They're idiots. They're blah, 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 blah. Okay. You have taken an ideology that you believe is wrong and you have associated it so closely with the people that hold it that you no longer are expressing hatred for the ideology, which may be totally justified. You are expressing hatred and disrespect for the people. And they're your odds oh. creation. Right. And so when you do that, you are accomplishing the purposes of the enemy because he doesn't he actually doesn't care about the ideology. In the end, the enemy doesn't care about anything other than moving us from
1: love, which is of God, to hate, which is of him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so true. And you know, Megan, I'm very convicted about this, too, that when we do speak those words, like calling someone an idiot, that kind of thing, that we have to make a type of restitution, if not in this life, in the next. <laughs> true story. So I think that there's going to be a whole, myself included, if I make it to purgatory— For all those unkind words, even though Mm. I am contrite and I take it to the Lord, there's still restitution that needs to be made. That is way more weighty in the eyes of God than we can ever imagine. So, so glad we're talking about today. Right. And I I think so. Weighty, is that a word? (laughs) Weighty is a word. (laughs) Sure. It's actually a word.
0: So sometimes we may not be the ones saying these things Often we are, but sometimes we aren't, but we are tolerating other people doing it. Like, so if your Christian brother or sister is going off on somebody or some group or whatever, you know, maybe they're going off on the president because I can't believe that guy. He says he's a Catholic and look at what he does. And, you know, he's evil blah, 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 and blah. he's, he's. A okay. What he may be doing is evil. But. At his heart, he's beloved by the Lord. And to just go off on that him as a person isn't really accomplishing what hopefully you're trying to accomplish, which is to point out this isn't how we're called to live as Christians. And how are we called to live? In truth, according to God's commands. And so maybe even just thinking about... How one can phrase things differently to express what they're trying to express, a good that they're trying to express in a way that's actually good. So, for example, take that example you know, the president who frustrates the heck out of you because he claims to be Catholic and then, you know, supports all these things. How about this? Wow. Every time I see a decision made that's contrary to the teachings of the Catholic faith by the president, it really hurts my heart Mm -hmm. because I know that's not who we're called to be as Catholics and it sends a bad witness to the world. And so I'm struggling to, you know, experience that fallenness and I really know I need to pray for him more.
1: Right. You know, there's a good example (laughs) of that. The Bishop of San Francisco asked us all to dedicate a rosary a week to Nancy Pelosi. No. Same right. type of things like that's how we should be praying for these people who in my opinion are extraordinarily misguided um, on that life issue for sure and to be praying for them in such a way and you know the whole if it's an enemy, pray for the enemies oh how that is like so efficacious to the Lord when we pray for someone who's hard to pray for
0: right it's not only is it efficacious and helpful to our own spiritual health. It's actually a beautiful witness. What compels people to be drawn to the Christian faith? Is it hate? Is it casting dispersions on other people? Or is it great love in the face of persecution or sinfulness? Is it the forgiveness, even when the forgiveness isn't deserved or even asked for? Those are the things that are more compelling. So if our goal is to fight the spiritual battle, to fight against the enemy, what the enemy wants is to steal souls from the Lord. So what our job, if we're really fighting this spiritual battle, is it is to keep souls for the Lord. That's the job. Win souls for the Lord. Yeah. So, it, well, When we do things that are not good witnesses,
1: we are playing right into the enemy's hands. It's so true. And and we often don't think of that as a spiritual battle that we face each moment of our lives. Like, Mm -hmm. let's say day to day. Let's look at it in day to day. Do we all struggle with having negative thoughts and maybe speech about someone close to you that you find very annoying and those Mm -hmm. kinds of things? Do we look at that as a spiritual battle that meets us at our door? Most likely not, but we should be. Right, right. I, it comes to mind right now, um, the
0: words of, of Jesus, when he's talking about Satan and the way he describes him. He says, he's a liar. Mm. He's a murderer. He's the accuser. These words about the nature of Of who Satan is now, after his total rejection of the Lord and his dominion and his pride, liar, accuser, murderer, when we behave in ways that participate with untruth, when we murder the reputation of another person or... We damage them in the eyes of other people. When we accuse people of things because of the judgment that we're making in our own hearts about what we think is motivating them.
1: Exactly. We are being like the enemy and not being like the Lord. And this also brings up the uh, sin of detraction, Megan, which mm-hmm. people don't. I mean, I came across this just a couple of years ago. Just to even speak a truth, someone say, perhaps you knew someone had an affair, and it was true, but to actually speak it to the other one, oh, well, they had an affair, is detraction because you are taking away from their human dignity by revealing their sin. So we're also called to keep those things to ourselves as well. That's between them and the Lord. Yeah, for
0: sure. Like you know, There's just some things that people don't need to know, and it's not your business to tell them, All right? right? Exactly. But all this to be said is not to say we should just be silent in the face of great evil, that we should call out things that are evil. So for example, in the world right now, there's so much that has to do with policies uh, surrounding, say, you know, the pandemic and, and that sort of thing where you know, human dignity and human freedom, are being compromised through policies. So when we speak of those things, and we are called to speak of those things, we're called to bring forth the truth in the shadow of lies that the enemy has tried to cast over us. We're called to bring light into the darkness and to speak truth. But the way we do that is to say, this policy is wrong. This policy is evil. This way of treating human beings is contrary to God's will. So you see the difference between these politicians are evil and terrible and just want to, you know, do this, that, or the other. That's not really where we're called to be. We're called to say this policy, this decision, this whatever that is opposed to what we have discerned is according to God's will. That's how we speak of it and be bold in those things. Like I think another way that we need to fight this spiritual
1: battle that's going on is with greater boldness. Yes, of course you see that on these school board meetings, the parents starting to really stand up against CRT and things like that. Mm Yeah. Yeah. That's,
0: you know, that sense of no, just and no, I will not comply with something that's contrary to what my God has revealed to be true. Right. Exactly. Right. And that, this is a way that we, if we're really going to be in the spiritual battle in a way that's effective, we need to have well-formed consciences. Like if you don't know what the church teaches about a certain thing or what the Bible says about a certain thing, learn, (laughs) educate yourself in the faith so that you can have a voice that is knowledgeable, that you can have a conscience that can discern good from evil because there's been so much clouding, of things and compromise with the teachings that have been in place since Christ walked the earth. And even before that have been written on the hearts of men in natural law, but culture has tried to tell you, Oh, well it's just like when the enemy was in the garden, did he really say right. that? Mm-hmm. Do you really think that that is, that's a sin? Do you really think that'll cause you to die and go to hell? Like, The culture has been whispering the same words of the enemy in the garden for decades now. And we have become so used to his voice that we have a hard time discerning the voice of God a lot of times because we have not attended to the good shepherd. And so if we're really going to fight this battle, we've got to go back to the basics
1: and really become well-formed in our consciences. Let's talk about that for a second. How do we do that? Well, what well, do you think? I, well, for, for me personally, especially I can talk about my beginning years, I went to the catechism when I wanted to know more about any particular topic. I went right there to figure out, or you go to the internet and look at some of the documents. You know, I read when I wanted to figure out about why the Catholic Church didn't accept contraception, I went to Humani Vitae.
0: Yeah. Those are awesome things. We, we are so blessed as Catholics that our faith is actually written down. Like we don't have to guess about what the church teaches. It is in the right. catechism. It's in the, you know, so many of these beautiful writings of popes throughout the centuries. It's, you know, in our liturgy, it's, and never ever forget the Bible, the right. living, breathing word of God. Like the, the Bible, the word of God is what? The sword of truth. Mm, for sure. So if we want to be out there fighting the battle against the enemy, we need to have the sword in our hand. The sword is knowledge of scripture, understanding what God has breathed to teach us right. about who he is, who we are, who we're called to be. So if you think that you're going to be this great, you know, warrior on the spiritual battlefield and you don't think you need to, like, be in God's word. You got another thing coming. <laughs> you are you yeah. are setting yourself up not just
1: for failure in the battle, but for damage sure. in your own
0: life. Yeah.
1: You know? you know, Megan, I want to just reemphasize kind of we, we kind of started with the topic, uh, but I really want to go into it a little bit further in the spiritual warfare about the um, disharmony and disharmony and the disunity that's really blanketing the world right now. You know, I want to I want to talk to our brothers and sisters and say it's really w- real. Like if you feel just a certain stirring in your spirit that is a discontentment, not necessarily discontentment or some other verbiage like, um, it might, I personally just feel like something's off. Something's not quite right. Um, there's a, there's a tension that I can just, I guess feel it in my body and it starts to manifest in snippiness, um, gossiping. Those are ways that you don't even realize that's real spiritual warfare. When you choose not to repeat an ugly word or to call someone out, um, unnecessarily Mm -hmm. and those kinds of things. But my brothers and sisters look around, look what's happening in the state of the world with the lockdowns and the the re-education camps and things like this. This is is an assault on human dignity and it offends our Lord so very greatly. So if you're feeling that overall, something's not right, well, you're right. And that's your spidey senses, so to Mm -hmm. speak of the spiritual warfare of the principalities that are being waged all around us. Well, how do we, how do we arm ourselves? How do we build up our strength and muscle? My go-to, the sacraments.
0: Oh, absolutely. Because that is where the flood of grace comes, right? We are guaranteed grace in those places. And it's, we just can't live without them. I mean, it's, it's essential, And it's the place where, you know, we can get our marching orders from the Lord. It's where we get our energy and our, you know, discernment and and all these things. Because, you know, we've talked a lot of times about how sin darkens the intellect, right? And so if you are in a state of sin, like, you know, God forbid mortal sin, but even venial sin that has been left unexamined, unconfessed, you know, unresolved, that's going to really hinder your ability to see truth, to understand the truth. And then if you don't know it, if you can't see it, how are you going to fight for it? Yes, exactly. Right? So Mm -hmm. the sacraments are that place where we can gain that clarity of thought and vision and understanding so that we can have the clear vision To then go forth and fight for
1: the truth. It's so true. You know, I saw something, a quote of uh, Clarence Thomas, you know, Justice Mm -hmm. Clarence Thomas, who said that he goes to daily mass before he goes to work for exactly what we're talking about. That is to order things correctly toward the Lord before he steps into the secular realm to discern the right judgment. Which I thought that was just... So beautiful. We all need to be doing that. I and mean, of course, he's in a in a higher uh, position to, to make law and things like that. Not make law, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Discern law. Sure. Uh, but why are we not that way too? I know it makes me feel more peaceful, more centered, uh, rightly ordered. Because, you know, if, honestly, at the end of the day, it's like the world continues to distort and disorder us as we walk around in our daily lives. And the sacraments build us back up. And order our lives toward God again. So it's a constantly breaking down and building up. That's my personal experience for sure. And the longer I stay away from Mass or confession, the more broken and just kind of in a kind of a mess that I feel.
0: Right, and I think in addition to what it does just within our own personal souls and, and the grace that we receive, the beauty beautiful thing about Mass is that it is that call to communion, right? Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful reminder that we're in this together. You know, we are receiving the same Jesus in mass together because we are meant to be knitted together as the body of Christ. And we need that reminder. We need the reminder that we're not in this fight alone. We are brothers and sisters on the battlefield and we are meant to support each other. And to be there for each other. And I'll tell you, I don't think enough people do this at mass where they literally watch as their brothers and sisters go forward and receive the same Jesus that you've just received. And to remember that I am being conformed to Christ just as that person is in this sacrament. And we are being knitted together as a family And that we are called to treat each other as family, to fight for each other as family. If we don't get these reminders of who we are as a body, as a unified one, Mm -hmm. then it's so easy for the enemy to get in there with his divisions. And we see like so much of what's going on in the world is putting everybody in their camps. Right, like you're you're you know a vaxer or an anti-vaxer, or you're a liberal or a, or a conservative, or you're a traddy or you're a you know novus or- or- ordo, ordo person, or, or <laughs> all these camps. There's there's just no end to it, right? Yeah. We're called to be one, holy, apostolic, universal, one, one, mm-hmm. one. We're called to unity, and the things that draw us out of unity are of the enemy. And so that, that mass, that shared worship, that shared receiving of the precious body and blood of Christ is the most profound reminder of what we're fighting for.
1: And it's strength for the journey. We can't do it without him and his graces. The most perfect form of prayer is attending mass. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, I mean, I think we're kind of up on the time that we wanted to, you know, have on this episode, but I hope it's been an encouragement to just not get caught up in all the negativity and all the strife and the dissension and and the battles between each other to put those aside and to really focus our gaze on the true enemy, the one who wants to divide us from each other and ultimately— Divide us from the Lord for all eternity. Exactly. And if fighting for souls, our own and those of our brothers and sisters, isn't enough reason to battle, to get on the
1: battlefield with all the weapons that we have at our disposal. I don't know what is. So I just, I just kind of want to wrap up this segment to say that, um, You know, when I first heard spiritual warfare, I thought of it as kind of this lofty, all done in prayer. No, 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 my brothers and sisters, it's done daily in your speech, your mannerisms, and how well you love your neighbor. Amen. Well,
0: get out there and arm yourself with the sword of truth and the breastplate of righteousness and fight the good fight. Because yeah, we know in the end,
1: our Lord triumphs. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Shoulder to Shoulder. If you liked this episode or any of the other ones, please share it with a friend. We're trying to grow our listenership. So we hope it's blessed you and that you'll bless others by uh, pointing them there our way. Amen. Amen. And until next time, God bless. God bless.